This is Season 1, Episode 2 of the podcast, Everything I Hate About Me. I am your host and fellow self-loather, Eli. Today's episode is called Lou Reed, Fat Mannequins, Love, and Death. This month we're talking about self-identity, and today I am pondering if I identify myself as a good person. Far too often, I have to ask myself, am I a good person? When the question comes up, as often as it does, something might be wrong. But first, I'm happy to announce that we have a new sponsor. I'd like to introduce our sponsor, Blonde Hair Dye. So this episode is brought to you by Blonde Hair Dye. Blonde hair dye. Why be disgusting when you could be blonde? At all yesterday's parties, you sang every song and we all played, where everyone's strange but never a stranger, just memories of the old and endangered, Every sound is as distant as tomorrow seems. Every love is as distant as tomorrow's dreams. As you shy away from the tracking lights and you drift away as the rocket ignites, every thought in your mind is incredibly certain as your skull closes in like an iron curtain. You know every man is a sovereign nation. Every other declaration is just a tired recitation. As every party starts to wane, I'm only human, you are humane. All the beauty in your scope, infinite eyes bleed rhetoric tropes. It was October 27th, 2014. I was languishing on the living room floor with a terrible sinus infection accompanied by a deep, painful cough that would not go away. I was watching some PBS news show as the local PBS station, Oregon Public Broadcast, was the only channel our television could get. I can't remember clearly, but it seems like it was Charlie Rose who casually mentioned that it had been exactly one year since the passing of legendary songwriter and rock star Lou Reed. Charlie might as well have got up from behind his table and walked into my living room and kicked me in the gut over and over again. That would have felt better than being reminded that Lou Reed would never write another song. During the summer of 2014, I had been hard at work with Jasmine Musavi and Jared Nash writing and recording the first and what would be the only Fat Mannequins album. Initially, I had wanted the band Fat Mannequins to be called the Smurfettes and to model ourselves after the Ramones. I've always wanted to be in a punk band, one that didn't take itself too seriously, but it just never seems to work out. Jasmine and Jared rejected the Smurfettes, so we started brainstorming band name ideas. I've always liked starting anything, whether it be a piece of prose, a song, a band, or even this podcast with a title. The title gives me the starting point and the center to go back to no matter how far away I drift. 
fat mannequins just popped up on a list of brainstormed ideas and everyone seemed to go for it. To me, it sounded like glam rock, maybe a failed version of the New York Dolls, another of my big influences. So I was immediately drawn to the name and began writing songs that I thought fit into that style of music. Then, Lou Reed died. Lou Reed died when we were still just conversing about fat mannequins in 2013. Nothing solid had been written at that point. I don't think we had even come to agree as to what kind of band we would be, which genre we would tackle. I remember talking on the phone a couple of weeks or months after Lou Reed's passing and telling Jasmine that I couldn't seem to not write about Lou Reed and all of the older material that I had been digging up to try out with her and I together seemed directly inspired by Lou. So we came to an agreement of sorts that our first album together would be written for Lou Reed. I honestly don't know why people do that kind of thing, writing in memory of the dead. I think we're just trying to impress ghosts. Impressing Lou's ghost was always on my mind. No other potential listener really mattered. This wasn't an album to unite the community over the loss of a great artist. This was me trying to impress Lou, tell him what he had meant to my upbringing as a songwriter. I believe Lou would have been amused to know that someone took the trouble to write an album of songs for someone who would never hear them. It's one of the tragic ironies that rock and roll is built on. I love them, but they'll never know. At all yesterday's parties, ephemeral night shapes, shadows of the last, downtown trash and cityscapes, all the symbols crash trying to escape. Your original art that's just been raped in a script about a man on a one-way trip. First you bleed it, then you read it, then your eyes will drip. Such tears fall so uneven from a heart that's still believing in the fear of doubt when you concentrate, for only heaven knows how we evolved from an ape. All the good times you never knew we had, you were my balm of Gilead. You are my vice, you are my grip. We only see ourselves after we're stripped. That fall, the album was kind of finished, not completely recorded and mixed yet, but more or less. Jasmine's vocals had been recorded. I was waiting to get well so I could finish whatever it was that I had left. Then the reminder came from that PBS news desk. The kicks to the gut. Whatever haze I had been in seemed to clear immediately, if only for a few moments. This is the crazed state of being when the mania of the muses seems to grab hold of our minds and creativity doesn't just flow, it floods. I grabbed a pen and a notebook and started writing. I wasn't sure if I was writing a poem, a lyric, a confessional, or a eulogy, but whatever it was, I was having a difficult time writing fast enough. My brain was already on the next line, then two, three, four lines ahead while my pen lagged behind. In about five minutes it was all there, and I realized it was a song. An odd kind of song. No set number of lines for each verse, no repeated chorus, no chorus at all really, just a stream of consciousness. 
a meditation on the influence one artist has upon another, and so many of the complex emotions that come along with influence, love, death, and whatever is beyond death. I don't think any of us are able to fully grasp those moments when music or a piece of art or literature, a film, a work of architecture or a mountain or a body of water or any other grand thing changes us completely. We might feel changed in the very moment or that moment might set us down a pathway of small changes that culminate in a new being. Whatever the case, it is only in retrospect and perhaps not even then that we come to appreciate that time when we stared down someone else's work and we lost. Overcome by the genius of a stranger lying defeated in euphoric epiphany. Hopefully, these moments are many and our souls are continually molded in humble gratitude by the sublime works of artists of every media. When I first heard or became conscious of hearing Lou Reed, it was with his band The Velvet Underground. The old adage is that very few people ever bought an album by The Velvets, but every single one of those people started a band. I think it has something to do with the primal energy, the way the band gets off beat, almost falls apart, and then finds their way back, the way old tropes of rock and roll are taken to their eventual conclusion, testifying that the fears of the parents who didn't want their kids listening to that rebellious rhythm and blues were all true. Lou Reed seemed to embrace self-destruction as the natural way of life. It is probably a failure on his part that he ever lived so long. At all yesterday's parties, varicose streets gridlocked with wheels, nothing is rolling and nothing ever will, can't walk anywhere without tripping on cars, no more grocery stores, just strips of bars, anything of worth can't be unearthed, I put hope in a chest but it was repossessed, yet if you hold on to anger no one will divest as they pray to the god of the unimpressed who could steal all of your castle, but it isn't worth the hassle. I'm filled with anger, I'm filled with spite. But you are the angel on my right. You percolate through all my pores, sweat you out, then go drink you some more. While many of the songs the Velvets recorded sounded like tried and true rock and roll, exploring the chords of doo-wop and the rhythms of Bo Diddley, Along with the sweetness of those tender teen love songs, much of what the Velvet Underground were doing sounded foreign, to the point of alien to my young ears. To be frank, quite a bit of it sounded bad to me. I had grown up with records made with a lot more polish and with lyrics that hinted at drugs and sex, but always hid it from the censors, like the cameraman filming Elvis from above the waist. Despite every ballad in which the singer promised their love they would be true, Lou Reed's lyrics felt like the first honest thing I'd ever heard in a rock song. Honesty often sounds foreign when we hear it. 
Hearing the truth can confuse our brains as much as an alien language. Lou Reed and the Velvet Underground may as well have been from another galaxy. I don't know how much of Lou Reed's lyrics are true and how much are fiction. That's almost beside the point. The point is that, like any good metaphor, they reveal truth. Sometimes truths are difficult, like in the song Heroin, and other times the truth is gentle and kind, like in the song I'll Be Your Mirror. It's well documented that Lou wanted to be a rich rock star, so it is amazing to me that his songs are not more conventional, more commercial. Then I found out that Lou had struggled with his sexual identity during a time when it was illegal to do so. What does that do to a person? I've often thought about turning the tables. What would life be like for me if it were illegal for me to be straight? What if it were illegal for me to be affectionate with a woman? What if being caught with a woman carried a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison as it had for men to be with men throughout most of our nation's history? What would that do to my psyche and to the health of my personal identity? At first, I was going to call my little song I had written on the anniversary of Lou's death, All Yesterday's Parties, as a nod to the Velvet Underground song, All Tomorrow's Parties. There are no more tomorrows. Now all we do is look back on Lou and his work. That's what I had been doing, looking back on Lou's body of work and how it had affected me. It was only after talking with Jared Nash about the song and showing him a quick demo I had made of it that I realized that my song was about Lou's ability in his music to see and accept people for exactly who they are perhaps the way he wanted to be seen and treated himself. Jared probably was the one to recommend changing the song name, and I realized why it worked in retrospect, but the song came to be called Thank You For Seeing Me For The Creep I Am. At all yesterday's parties, in your song I Am Reborn, like light coming in on a Sunday morn. In my truly selfish way, I think heaven can wait just another day. Every man's just a track in the snow, every spring just a carrion crow, singing love songs for the priests and the brokenhearted. There still beats in your heart, but I couldn't get it started. Don't say goodbye, just walk into the ocean. Amidst all the commotion, I still watch you in slow motion. Slowly, gently, in my ear, whisper things I'm desperate to hear. I am the wild you can tame, yet you won't ever know my name. Thank you for seeing me for the creep I am. I'll just wait here for my man. In a way, Lou had become almost like a Mr. Rogers figure to me. I knew he liked me just the way I am, even though we would never meet. That's what a great artist is able to do, help us see ourselves honestly and still feel loved. 
I wonder how many people in the LGBTQ plus community have felt seen, loved, and validated just by hearing Lou Reed's classic song, Take a Walk on the Wild Side. To someone who has felt ostracized from society because of their sexuality, that song must have been like hearing Mr. Rogers sing, Won't You Be My Neighbor? Like so many others, I have struggled my entire life with questions of identity. I never really feel like I belong in any group, nor do I want to belong to one, whether it's church, political groups, social groups, my state, city, or country, I always seem to end up feeling out of place. I'm sure that's a common thing, at least common enough that many people struggle to find a place where they feel loved and accepted. In the quiet moments, I can find myself wondering if I'm a good person. Then arises the question, what is a good person? These are probably the wrong questions. In that Velvet Underground song, I'll be your mirror, Lou tells us, I'll be your mirror. Reflect what you are, in case you don't know. When you think the night has seen your mind, that inside you're twisted and unkind, let me stand to show that you are blind. Please put down your hands, cause I can see you. For over four decades of making music, Lou Reed made good on that promise. Which leads to my revised question, the central question in rock and roll. Have we loved someone so much that they could never possibly know the depth of that love? We don't ever have to be with that person, nor even try to communicate that love directly to them. That's what songs are for. I'm not attempting to create some hierarchical system of value on any person's life. I only want to point out the futility of asking if we are a good or bad person. Who can possibly answer such a question? Anyone who claims to be able to is probably getting paid to do so. I've heard that Lou Reed had a lot of problems, that he could be abusive to those closest to him. Maybe someone will hear that and say that Lou Reed was not a good person. I certainly do not condone abusive behavior. And yet I find myself so moved by the humanity and honesty of Lou Reed's music, and I feel the need to tell his ghost, thank you. Thank you for seeing me for the creep I am. Tracking lights 
And you drift away as the rocket ignites Every thought in your mind is incredibly certain As your skull closes in like an iron curtain You know every man is a sovereign nation And the other declaration's just a tired recitation As everybody starts to wait I'm only human, you are you At all yesterday's parties Ephemeral night shapes Shadows of the lights Downtown trash and cityscapes All the symbols crash Trying to escape Your original art That's just been raped In a script about a man On a one-way trip First you'll bleed it, then you read it Then your eyes will trip Such tears Fall someone even from a heart They're still believing in the fear of doubt When you concentrate For only heaven knows how we evolve from an egg All the good time you never knew we had You were my ball of Gilead My vice, you are my grip We only see ourselves after we're stripped At all yesterday's parties Varicose streets gridlocked with wheels Nothing is rolling, nothing ever will Can't walk away without tripping on cars No more grocery stores, just strips of bars Anything of worth can be unearthed I put hope in a chest, but it was repossessed Yet if you hold on to anger, no one will divest As they pray to the God of the unimpressed Who could steal all of your castle, but it isn't worth the hassle I'm filled with anger, I'm filled with spite You are the angel on my right You percolate through all my pores Sweat it out and drink you some more At all yesterday's party In your song, I am reborn Like light coming in on a Sunday morning In my truly selfish way I think heaven can wait just another day Every man's just a track in the snow Every spring's just a carrying crow Singing love songs for the priests And the broken hearted There still beats in your heart But I couldn't get it started Don't say goodbye Just walk into the ocean Oh, miss all the commotion I still watch you in slow motion Slowly, gently in my ear Whisper things I'm desperate to hear
Thank you for seeing me for the creep I'll just wait here.